It's a high drive center field. Beerling spread. This game is turned upside down. Pujols into the air. It's deep to left. Taylor's back at the wall. It's 700. Hello and welcome to Swing for Contact, episode six. Spring training has started. There's injury news, contract extensions, all kinds of stuff going on with the rules and people saying this and that about what they like and don't like. Uh, they're probably going to get a few different takes on this three-person show today. I'm joined by my two Rangers co-host above my head. Aiden, how you doing today? Pretty good. Noah? In the middle of one. Oh. Fantastic. Perfect. You were watching Aiden. So spring spring started. This is probably the like y'all have said this is like the first time y'all watched games in spring training, right? Yeah, pretty much. Usually, usually I haven't had a means to watch the games though. But I feel that because normally it's like we're in baseball season. I'm coaching. You guys are playing. There's things going on. Like I don't remember. I haven't watched spring through high school at all. I didn't watch spring until I got to college. So I totally get that. Um, Spring is a time where it's like everyone's overreacting to every little thing, I feel like, most of the time. Uh, like, from the Astros' perspective, Forrest Whitley got to pitch the other day, and everyone's like, oh, this is a big deal. And I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, hope he does well, but it, let's calm down. Uh, for you guys, like, Justin Foskey's gotten off to a really hot start, too, right? Very good start. Uh, so, since y'all been watching some games, what is... No, I'll let you uh, go first here because I think you kind of maybe have the hot take of the podcast on this. Your pitch clock view so far in spring. Okay, so I might come off as an idiot, and you know what? I do that a lot anyway, so I don't really care. Um, I thought I'd like the pitch clock ruling because, like, like the, when the A's came to Arlington last year on, like, a – Tuesday, I think. It was just like a weekday game, boring, you know, both teams suck. It was in the summer and regretted buying the ticket because the game took like almost three, four hours. It was so long. And so I figured, you know what, I, I'll probably like this pitch clock rule. It'll speed up things and blah, 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 blah. But so far, and I know it's still new and it'll probably change, but I just feel like it's made things like too rushed, if you will. And it's just like it gives me a lot of anxiety because I'm like, man, this pitcher doesn't pitch a ball, it's gonna be a ball, or if the batter doesn't step into the box, it's gonna be a strike on him. And you saw that uh, Red so who who were the Red Sox playing? He could have hit like a walk off hit, and he got a Rides third, race. yeah, third called strike on him because he didn't get in the the batter's box soon enough. So um, I think if we're gonna have this. Um, we need to have like a standard for it because I feel like it's all over the place and yes, it's still very new, but, um, but yeah, that's just my take on it. I think it's kind of agitating too, that people want the game to go faster. I can see where like why people want to, but it's just like, if you don't want to watch the whole game, don't watch the whole game. You know what I mean? So it's my hot take. That's your hot take. Aiden. Yeah. Oh, I really like the pitch clock. I, I do think. They could add a couple seconds on there. Uh, I think that right now it, it seems bad 
but a lot of these guys are just starting to get used to it. I mean, if you watch Correa today, he completely forgot the pitch clock. <laughs> he did. Game. That was pretty funny. <laughs> it was. He, like, started walking around, and then once he did realize he was in the box and he was ready. Uh, it's cutting out a lot of unnecessary wait time. I, I know there was that video going around of uh, Baez in, I believe it was the NLDS or CS. It was game one. It took him like seven Jose Altuve inside the park home runs to throw a singular pitch. Right, which is probably the most extreme. Like it, it was very extreme. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean that definitely is not a thing anymore. Ridiculous. Uh, I, I feel like they're gonna get used to it. There was also that post on uh, the minor leagues last year, how they they were having about one two infractions a game, but once the season started, you know going and they started getting used to it it was cut down a whole lot and i really feel like the players will have it cut down i also don't think that they're gonna they're gonna be like strict on keeping it how it is like they're gonna listen to the feedback from the players because the players are the players will tell them what they feel is right and i i really feel like for this to work out perfectly the mlb has to listen to them they gotta go back and forth and they gotta find a perfect time and like a way to just make it work sure and i i think what you'll find is that as the season gets going it might be one of those things where like there's a third party clock operator like i'm assuming it's an official and yeah. it's gonna be one of those things i think as the season kind of gets going where it's like uh, there might be like an extra second pause when the pitcher gets the ball before the clock starts ticking like it might still be the same time but it just might there might be the you know the little extra delay to give that extra breathability in there and like for me, I'm a big fan so far because I'm still getting the same content. I'm still getting the same swings. I'm just cutting down some of the dead time. The, like the fact that I can watch a whole game in two and a half hours pretty consistently. Like every game I've watched so far has been about that time. And, you know, that shaves 30 minutes with even with some of the high scoring games like that. The Rangers game the other day that went like it was like 12 to 7 or 12 to 5 or something like that. And, like, even that game was, like, a three-hour game. Like, it didn't go, like, super long. Um, so that kind of stuff I'm a I'm a big fan of. If we can get the same amount of content, the same amount of pitches, the same amount of whatever, but just a little bit faster dead time, I'm about it. So, so far, I've enjoyed it. Um, maybe that's just the, uh, the I'm getting older and I want things to be a little bit quicker and I'm grumpy mode of me. But, uh, you know, I, I don't want it to be, like cutting down the content i don't want it to be cutting down the at-bats i just want it to take away some of the the dead fish time going on um and then another thing that i thought was interesting i was gonna be paying attention to the shift stuff so like uh there's been a lot of comments about like bringing the left fielder around and like still having that fourth the third infielder on one side which i think that's going to be a very niche situation uh that's going to be like you know, runner on third with uh, with two outs in the ninth, and this guy's a hard shift pull hitter. We're going to bring the left fielder over because regardless, either a, a fly out or a single is going to score him anyway or a double in the gap is going to score to the guy from second so we can play the, the ground ball advantage. Uh, I don't think you'll see that, but a handful of times all year, if at all. But there have been a few times where you've seen, like, the second baseman, the shortstop right on top of second base, right on top of those edges of the shift and still be able to like range to one side or the other and make plays. But there hasn't been the guy that's been uh, 
like shuffling over yet. You haven't seen that part happen, I don't think. Uh, what's the take on the shift so far? Uh, I'm loving the shift. I a lot of these games that we're watching, yeah, they are spring training, so you know you're getting worse guys out there pitching. There's probably more hits, more more runs that are going to be scored in the regular season games. But you're seeing so many more hits go through, I feel like. I've watched, uh, especially, I, of course, I've been watching the Rangers games more than I've watched any other games. And, I mean, they're getting gaps that they weren't getting at all last year. Especially uh, Seager got a couple. Simeon's been getting a couple more. Uh, it's really it's really comforting to see a ball hit hard up the middle not being out 98% of the time. And that's, I feel like that's what it was last year. You couldn't hit a ball up the middle if they had a shift on you. And it's, it's definitely been cut down a bit. And I, I love that personally. Yeah, um, I mean, he pretty much summed it up, especially with, like, Corey Seager. I mean, last year he was kind of looking more like a right-handed batter than a left-handed batter with all those oppo hits. And so just to have – Right field being opened up again for him is going to allow him to, you know, be that much better. But, um, yeah, I've been watching the Ranger games too, and there's just a lot of, like, a lot more hits, like Aiden said, and, you know, that might be with, you know, the pitchers and it being spree training. But, uh, but yeah, it's really nice to see a ball get hit in between, you know, short and third, or a ball get hit in between first and second. And I think we're going to get to see a lot of more, like, defensive highlights too from it which i really enjoy because i like a lot of defense um so yeah i think it i I love it and for my my sanity on mlb the show 23 i'm gonna be so glad it's gone (laughs) i'm gonna be so glad it's gone so fair enough i think yeah that's a good point about the defensive stuff too like allowing guys like uh like a lindor to just like really show what he can do from the shortstop spot or Mm -hmm. a miggy rojas who's now probably going to see every day at shortstop for the Dodgers Um, because you know unfortunately there's going to be injuries in the game and uh, spring training isn't immune to it and there's been a couple that have already been announced and you know the the big one that kind of probably has the the most impact so far as the Gavin Lux injury Uh, did either of you guys see that video I did yes it was terrible man non-contact injuries are rough yeah dude they're never fun uh like he was trying to i believe dodge the. it was either the throw from third or the ball that was hit i couldn't see the angle like it and i mean he planted that foot and it just it gave yeah whenever you see a knee go that way like i've coaching enough games and watching enough games like i i had a pretty good feeling right away that it was acl tear um which sucks you never want to see that and then uh you know i think that does the good news for the Dodgers is this, is that from an organizational standpoint, you're a very deep organization who like does a lot of minor league team and MLB team depth. And so like you bring in Miggy Rojas in the offseason, and a lot of people were like, why are you bringing in Miggy Rojas? That's kind of a strange addition, but okay, whatever. Now it's a genius move because now it's like, well, at least we still have a guy who's a short stop that can fill in and go, go be that guy. Um, you know, you're probably going to see Chris Taylor at second full-time, and I guess for the time being, you're going to see Miggy Rowe over at short. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if they go and try to sign, like, a, I don't know, maybe like a DD or... Uh, maybe Pro 4? Maybe? I don't know. I think, I uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully. 
DD had been signed. I can see DD, the other guy that pops in my brain. Has Jose Iglesias signed anywhere? Because he was with the, the Rockies last year. And, uh, you know, he would be a guy that I think could could fit in and, and be a bottom part of that lineup and play a good shortstop defense probably and and just kind of plug and play and roll if if they needed to sign another person. Um, I don't know with the WBC, if those guys are playing WBC, that might be kind of a, a weird, like, love triangle, I guess, between those teams and those players trying to figure out what they're going to do. Um, some other notable injury stuff that's come out so far in camp. Uh, yeah. The, the Joe Musgrove foot toe in the weight room. What was that? He dro- yeah, he dropped a dropped a kettlebell is the story. Um, <laughs> listen, man, like I've been in a weight room with a lot of teenagers with coaching, and never have I had like a an athlete one of those teenagers because sometimes you're coaching non athletes. Let's be honest, but like. There's, I don't think I've ever had an athlete drop like a weight or a kettlebell or a dumbbell on their Ooh. foot. It wasn't a weight, but he did drop the powerlifting mat on Chase Golden's foot. Easy dropping last okay. names. Oh my bad. We dropped it. We dropped the powerlift or not the power the. What did I say before? You know, you know the mats we had under the squat like bars. Yeah. We were moving those, and someone dropped it on Jace's foot. And, I mean, it broke his toe. Like, he was out. So, I remember him breaking his toe. I was not at that incident. You weren't there? No, was, I was not there was for this. Uh, I remember Shout it being Jace. a thing for a long time. Uh, but, again, it was probably a non-athlete person who caused the issue. So, uh, I'm just saying, like... Listen, I'm not saying Joe Musgrove is, like, lying here that there's a better story here. I'm just saying, like, you're a professional athlete and you're dropped a kettlebell? Like, I don't know, man. Like, this just seems kind of janky to me. Maybe maybe he was going heavy, man. Maybe, maybe it was a really heavy kettlebell and it slipped out. He got sweaty on his hands. Like, I, listen, I, I could see a world where it happens. I'm just, I don't know. Like, that just seems kind of kind of weird. But I think a lot of us, oh, my bad. No, you're good. Go ahead. I think a lot of us got hurt in that weight room and you, you didn't know about it like from stuff because i can count numerous times someone dropped a 10 pound weight on my foot and i sh- didn't say anything because yeah but you didn't years. break your toe like yeah, i didn't break my toe, i was also but... like taking care of injuries too like the yeah. like i was our de facto trainer for three years uh i don't know it just seems kind of kind of weird to me um and the Aroldis Chapman situation with the I fell and have stitches like in my lip and like my arm is arm is numb like uh, I don't know man I don't know like there's that just seems like there's, there's something else going on here and it might be one of those things where these teams are trying to get like phantom IL stints early like go ahead and just hey we're gonna we're gonna take some innings off of Joe Musgrove on the front end. We're going to take some appearances off of uh, Raldis on the front end. And, uh, you know, maybe that gives Joe a fresher arm come June, right? Where he's not pitching for a month and he just 
you know, the goal is to still get him the same amount of starts, but now he's fresher in the summer. Uh, I don't know, but Phantom IL stints are not a, uh, a fake thing. They happen. Um, and this might be just one of those early Phantom IL stint things. So another, in my opinion, big injury, uh, the Glasnow injury. Oh yeah. Now it's this big, big deal for him to be coming back. And now he's going to be out for a bit. I've heard with that oblique injury. And that's, that's just not good. Like Rays were kind of counting on him to be back this year. They went out and got another pitcher to help with that rotation. It's already a strong rotation with Glass now coming back. Then they got Eflin who, if the Rays see something in him, we all need to see something in him, I guess. Uh, and just, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know how this affects where we've all ranked the Rays. I, I, I've already got them lower, I believe. I don't remember where y'all put them, but this, this could hurt them. Yeah, it, it definitely could. And like, you know, they still have McClanahan. They still have uh, Jeffrey Springs um, and Eflin. So like, they, to me, they still have potentially three guys that they can run out there every fifth day and, and feel good about it. But Glass now is like, hey, this now solidifies them as like one of the better rotations in baseball. And so an oblique strain is normally kind of a kind of a chronic thing. Like it could be an issue kind of longstanding. And so hopefully that's, that goes away pretty quick for him. That's, you never want to see a, a guy that talented not be able to pitch because he's really fun to watch. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so uh, I kind of wanted to ask who like, who most has impressed y'all this spring training? Like, I know it's it's not the biggest sample sizes, but, like, who have y'all watched and thought, dang, this guy is looking pretty good right now, even though it is just spring training? Sure. Um, tell you what, Noah, you go real quick. And, uh, dang, okay. You haven't, uh, you haven't been on the, on the mic well, for a second. I've got it in my head. But I've, I've got it in my head. Um, I'd say, obviously, Foscue. I mean, I already know he's a stud. Um thing we were talking about in the group chat uh even last episode maybe we they got to find a spot for him i really hope he can maybe transition to that left field spot because even in double a last year just rakes man he just rakes and he's a good defender um and i know i've got a little ranger bias but um nathan eovaldi the other day man just like i know it was only two innings pitch but his stuff looks nasty so far um I do say I wanna. I'm keeping my eye on. Uh, is, is it Vol- Volpe? Volpe? Volp? I don't. I don't know. I think it's Volpe. Volpe. Yeah. Um. See who gets that Yankees uh shortstop spot this year. I like seeing guys from farm systems come up and be the uh, be the you know starter. Um. So let's see if he can maybe beat IKF out of that spot. Yeah. So between keeping my eye on. between Oswaldo, Anthony Volpe. And uh, who's the other guy? Who's the other young guy that was getting some action? Because um, uh, there's three. I, f- I forgot. Yeah, Cabrera, Volpe, and the other guy. Um, and then IKF. So like, there was kind of four dudes kind of vying for that for that job. And they were putting the the two young guys that came up last year like in left field, and they both had playoff starts at short, which was kind of weird because they kept changing their lineup so much. Uh, yeah, fans were not happy about that. No, they were not, which I wouldn't be either. Like it was, it was pretty janky. I thought. Um, yeah, CBS has um, IKF 
Peraza and Volk. Peraza. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that's a good matchup to watch. Another Yankee that I thought looked pretty good was Clark Schmidt. Um, he pitched like three innings and had five strikeouts. He added a new pitch. Uh, I think he's throwing a cutter now is what I heard. Hello. And so that could be kind of a, a fun thing. We'll see. Uh, but Schmidt maybe is that fifth Yankee starter now that they need a fifth guy. Could be a good move. So we'll see how that pays off. Um, and then, you know, you were talking about Rangers bias, a little Astros bias for me. Like the two kids that were kind of surprising early on for me, maybe not surprising, but just I, I've been fun to watch. Jason Durden is a left-handed batter um, that plays corner outfield. So like if something were to happen with like a, a Tucker or a Brantley, like he's, he's looked really good this spring. Um, and then at third base, Will Wagner, son of Billy Wagner. Um, he's had some really good at-bats, flashed the letter a little bit, plays a pretty good defense third base. Um, so he's been pretty fun. So those have been my Clark Schmidt and then the two Astros guys I thought have looked pretty good so far. So uh, I also agree with the Foskey thing. Love Foskey so far. He's he's looked really good. Uh, his bat-to-ball, bat-to-ball hitting has been very good. Uh I've got a guy, number six prospect right now in the Mets system. Ronnie Mar Mauricio, I believe that's his name. Hey, he's got like he's, four home runs or something like that. He's been raking so far. Uh, I'm seeing three on seven at bat. Three, okay. That, all I'm three sure home runs. Uh, he's just, he's been hitting, man. And, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to. I don't know what their plans are for him right now in terms of how much longer they're going to keep him in the minors, if they even think about bringing him to the majors this year. But, I mean, that's – as a prospect coming up through spring training, I mean, that's what you want to show. You want to show you can get these guys, and that's that's what he's done. Uh, him and Foskey have both done it, in my opinion. It's just Foskey's kind of in a team that probably has one of the strongest middle infields in the league. And all of our prospects, top prospects, it seems, are middle infielders. So uh, we'll see where those two go. Uh, I like the Clark Schmidt pick for you. I, he looked really good. He added the cutter. I believe that's what you said. And it looks nice. I know Yankees fans are probably happy about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing – like, I don't know who their fifth guy is with Frankie being down. So I'm guessing that would probably be their oh, de facto – more news about Frankie. Uh, I believe they said that it may not may not be as long as I originally believed. Like he may be back a lot sooner. Well, there you go. There you go, Yankees fans. Uh, uh, some other big news that came out of this week. You know, following the U Darvish extension, uh, the Padres went and inked a another big contract with Manny Machado, who had some pretty public comments about opting out after this year. Um. And then signed the bag. And it's kind of funny, that contract. I, I did a, a breakdown for it on the latest extension episode. Go check that out. Um, but the first four years, it's kind of a low salary base. Um, and then it kind of picks up a little bit later. It's kind of a, a back-ended contract, but it gives them some flexibility early on. So um, some fun news in Padre land. Uh, I think that's the only big contract talk that's been going on. But, you know, you guys... Love uh, 
Odor, and he got just signed by the Padres too. So you know they're just stacking up middle infielders right now. They just can't get enough of them. Sure. <laughs> uh, another thing that took place. Oh, go ahead, A. What's up? So listen, if Bautista ever comes back to the league, they signed Odor for that reason. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's the reason why. Uh, so MLB Top 100 finally finished its uh, ranking came out uh over the last few weeks i think uh last friday or last saturday is when they finally unveiled like one through nine uh and so i wanted to just kind of go through and review this with you guys real quick um you're gonna go 100 like 100 down or where do you want to start it yeah i figured we just work our way up so started 100 and kind of work our way up uh one thing that kind of of note you know they rank 70 hitters and 30 pitchers um, and then, you know, the, uh, the unicorn that is Shohei Otani accounts, I count him for both of them, um, more on him later. So, you know, we'll fly through this pretty quick, but just looking at it, you know, Stanton getting that number 100 list, is that kind of a, a troll move or is that a, something to watch out for? You think? I, I don't, I don't know, man. He's just, I mean, not the Anthony Davis of baseball. <laughs> I feel like Anthony Davis, if he was healthy, would still be a star. I just don't see Stanton as a star anymore. Like, he's kind of – I mean, he's a bat you can have, but I don't feel like he's, like, you know, someone that's – I don't know how to explain it, man. I feel like I he's been very one-dimensional. I feel like he's a one-dimensional bat right now, which, you know, that's not a bad thing. It's He's very good at what he does. Like, he's – you know, he's going to be able to go out there and bop you 30 bombs plus. Um but I just I thought it was kind of a an interesting choice for their like number one hundred. Um, anyway, like I said, we're gonna try to go pretty quick through this. Your boy Adolis Garcia at ninety nine, uh, Yanni Diaz with the Rays, three pitchers in a row here uh, with Logan Webb, Joe Musgrove, shout out to the toe, and you Darvish, big contract extension. So some guys that have been in the news. Kind of surprised me. I thought he'd be a little bit higher. Well, I mean, the top 100 is a competitive group, man. Like, you gotta, you gotta be a good ball player. Uh, Reese Hoskins, Jazz, Bobby Witt making his top 100 debut. Nasty Nestor, Alejandro Kirk. So that's your 100 through 90. Any any surprises or the guys you feel like need to be higher on this? Uh, it's okay. So no, this isn't going off last year. This is kind of like going into this year. I was about to say. Yeah. Jazz is a question mark. Forget last year at this I know, point. Yeah, yeah. Jazz is a question mark. I know he can. I haven't seen enough from Jazz, I don't think, to put him at 93 yet. Like, I'd have him a little bit lower, I think. I think Probably the potential's the definitely there for him, but I could see Yeah, it. the potential's there. But I don't know, especially with going to the outfield. Like, we could see his hitting struggle from that. Usually the guys, you need them at a spot they're going to, you know, be comfortable with which second was that spot for him, even though he's originally a shortstop. Uh, but he wasn't as good of a defensive shortstop. As... But we'll see. No, any surprises? Oh, man. <laughs> nah, nah, man. Just over here chilling out. Just chilling. All right. <laughs> this next set of 10, we got Ty France, Christian Walker, a guy that I'm a big believer in, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert. R- Robert or Robert? I've, like... I think it's Robert. I think it's Robert, I've, but I've heard so many different ways. I've, I feel like I've heard him say it both ways. Um, 
the the Blue Jays edition, Dalton Varsho, Sean Murphy, Teoscar Hernandez coming to the AL West at 83, Devin Williams, Clayton Kershaw, and then the debut of Christian Javier on the top 100 at the 80 mark. Any uh, any standouts from this group? Why is he so low? Why is Javier so low? Because uh, MLB.com is not as high on him as you two are. I mean, they've got him as the 24th ranked pitcher, which, you know, that's that's saying something. So, I'd like Murphy to be a little bit higher. Murphy that's, a little higher. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, I'm a big Sean Murphy guy. I like him. I don't. I don't know if Wilson Contreras is that much better than him. If he even is better than him, but we'll go through that in a second. Uh, well, this next group has a guy that we all three like in Nathaniel Lowe. Uh, I kind of. Not as high on Christian Walker as I kind of am on Nathaniel Lowe, but like Christian Walker, I think is a guy that's very undervalued, underrated over at first. So shout out to him making uh, the top 100 here. I- I'd like to see him maybe uh, jump up a couple spots going forward. Uh, this next set, Aaron Nola from the Phillies, Tommy Edmond, Brandon Woodruff, Shane Bieber, Matt Chapman, probably the best third base free agent of this next class. Uh, Anthony Rizzo, Wilson Contreras flipping teams to the Cardinals, who had some, I think, interesting statements about that. Uh, Tim Anderson, Cedric Mullins, and then Nathaniel Lowe coming in at number 70. What's the take? Of course, I think Lowe should be higher. Of course you do. Than Luis Arias and a couple more on that list, but not going to go deep into that so we can get through all this. <laughs> no, anything? Pretty much. Pretty much, he uh, said. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I mean, they they got low as the fifty first best bat on this, so you know, I like I get it, but he probably could be a little bit higher. Uh, I think he probably just loses points for the fact that it's a first base bias, right? This isn't a just a hitting perspective. This is a all things perspective from their ranking. So, um, you know, I could see him being a few points higher, but that's. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I, I do think uh, the Luis Arias talk is lo- is probably worthy of it, though. Um, this next group, Zach Gallen, who I have as a dark horse Cy Young guy. It should be higher. Uh, Shane McClanahan, we just mentioned him from the Rays. Luis Castillo getting a full season over in Seattle. Stephen Kwan, uh, a guy that came out of absolutely nowhere last year to... Finishing the Rookie of the Year voting, makes his debut at 66. Uh, Quadzilla Spencer Strider over in Atlanta. World Series MVP Jeremy Pena. Luis Arias, Randy Arozarena, Starling Marte. Switch-hitting center fielder who's been in the news like crazy, Brian Reynolds. This group has some names right here. Now we're starting to get into some thick of it. Uh, what's the, the first outlook on these guys? Zach Gallen and Spencer Strider, I feel like, should be a bit higher uh, than both Cy Young candidates. Uh, Spencer Strider, he's, he's really dang good if you watch him play. But so is Zach Gallen. I just like them higher, man. You know, I just feel like there's some guys that ever take on the list. Yeah. Hot take, are we really going to say Wanda Franco's better than Pena? Yes, I will. I think, I think Wanda Franco has a higher ceiling than Jeremy Pena. Um, I think Pena played a little bit better this past year than than Wander, um, but I think the pedigree that Wander has is going to get him a little bit higher ranked preseason on lists like this. So, like, I get it, 
but you also saw what Pena can do in the playoffs and kind of the clutch factor he does bring. But um, I think it's I think it's fair where Pena is and where Franco are right now. Like I get why. Uh, this next group closing in on the top fifty. Uh, Willie Adames over with Milwaukee probably gonna get a lot more time to shine there. Um, I, the guy that we just talked about, Wander Franco. Alex Manoa with the Blue Jays, and then Framber Valdez with the Astros. Your strikeout leader from last year in the American League, Dylan Cease. Uh, Brandon Nimmo, Rookie of the Year winner, Michael Harris the second. Uh, a pair of relievers with Class A and Diaz, and then a guy that I think is always a little underrated, uh, Julio Urias. Uh, do we think that? Alex Manoa is better than Zach Gallen or uh, Spencer Schreiber? I personally don't. I currently would not put Manoa ahead of those guys. Uh, I, I concur. I honestly probably... Like, I, I don't mind Manoa on this list. Um, I think him at 57 is a bit of a reach. I'd probably put him in that... Like, I'd, honestly, I'd probably put that group of, like, Bieber, Woodruff, Javier, Kershaw, maybe all above him. Like, I'd put him maybe in that same kind of category. Uh, but, yeah, Manoa getting a lot of love from MLB Top 100. Good for him. They have him as the 16th best pitcher going into this season. So, All right, now the top 49, because I included 50 on that last one. Uh, so this group... Some fun names. We got George Springer, who's probably moving to right field for the Blue Jays. It'll be a good move for him. Uh, Byron Buxton, who, you know, if he's healthy, can be an MVP kind of guy, but it's what are you going to get from him? Uh, a guy that was fun to watch, Andres Jimenez, who uh, kind of stole some shine from Altuve at times for the American League second base. Um, and, you know, Altuve finished with like a seven war, and so Jimenez played some really good ball for a, a handful of months. Uh, Y'all's boy, Marcus Simeon, hanging out here at number 46. Uh, Jeff McNeil, who has the knobless bat. Love seeing that guy play around in spring training. Uh, Dad bod University, Kyle Schwarber graduate. Uh, Matt Olson, Will Smith, your boy, Adley Rushman, and the new Astro, Jose Abreu. Fun names here. Uh, I feel like Adley should be a bit higher. You know my Adley bias, uh, especially over the first baseman of Braves. Like you said, he's got the bat, but it's first. I feel like catching is so much more important, uh, especially with Adley being a great defender and looks like poised to be a good hitter last year. Uh, Y'all know my one, two, and three in the second basemans are Asube one, Simeon two, Jimenez three. I don't know why McNeil is above Simeon or Jimenez. Like I, I don't like that. Okay. Like that Maybe a little New York bias from the, uh, from the writers. Yeah, I mean that's uh, I think you can make a valid argument for it. I'm not as high on Simeon as you guys are, um, for reasons that you and I can hash out another time. But uh, yes, I, I see what you're doing, Noah. Thank you, for that. Um, Jose Abreu and Rushman together. Uh, I think it's one of those things where you're going to see Abreu sliding down on this list co pretty consistently over the last couple of years, and Rushman's just going to keep going up. And so, 
Um, you know, I, I think the fact that those that he's right next to Jose Abreu going into the season is kind of cool. So <laughs> that's a good guy to be next to on a top 100 list for your sophomore year. Uh, let's see, going to this next set. Dansby signing with the Cubs. Carlos Rodon, Garrett Cole, Max Freed. Zach Wheeler, so a handful of pitchers kind of grouped together again. This is that next group of pitchers, I guess, that they really like. Followed by a couple shortstops, Bo Bichette, Corey Seager, and Xander Bogarts. First baseman, Big Meat, Pete, the Polar Bear, Pete Alonzo. And Kyle Tucker coming in at number 30. So, uh, I just looked through the list, noticed Tatis isn't here, so that, that surprises me. Tatis is on here. Hey, we just haven't got to him yet. He's right there, homie. Where is he? I didn't see him. I, I literally just scrolled right past him. My bad. Uh, I like Seager's spot. I do think he's top five, but yeah, those guys are over him. Uh, is this having Pete as the third best first baseman? Uh, we can look at that here in a second. But just yeah. overall, like name, name wise, rank wise. I like it. You're good with that group? I think Garrett Cole is probably better than Max Fried and Wheeler. Okay. Uh, Corsager will be top 20 next year. Mark my words, write it down. I check. think it's very positive. I mean, they've got him as the top 28 position player. So, you know, if he has a... Top 15, sue me. If he has a, if he has a good year with the, the shift going away and whatnot, he could definitely probably find his way in that top 20. It, it could be a... It's not unfeasible. Uh, this next set, JT Romuto, Jacob DeGrom, Corbin Burns, Fernando Tatis Jr., Ronald Acuna Jr., Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa. All three of those names side by side. It's kind of interesting. Francisco Lindor and then Austin Riley. First of all, two awful, awful, terrible spots for Corbin and DeGrom. Like that's 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 laughable how low they both are. Uh especially with the guys that are above them that I've seen. You you can't put them two this low on this list. I mean Corbin's been like the number two for the past couple of years and DeGrom's DeGrom's always been one. Like even whenever DeGrom's injured everyone's like, okay, he's still the number one pitcher. Like whenever they make pitcher rankings, they're still putting him there even if he's not pitching. So I, I just think those two are those two spots are laughable. And again, I think, and this is one of those things where they're projecting this year and not thinking about the past. And I guess for whatever reason, they like those three guys ahead of these two guys for this year. I don't necessarily agree with it, but just keep that in mind. Like that's like, they're not thinking about what he's done before. They're trying to project what he's going to do this year. And so, you know, it, it, I think it is kind of a uh, a hot take having them both that far away from the other three names that we're going to get to here in just a second. Uh, no, anything to add? Uh, yeah, Aiden sums it up, man. He just picks my brain and says it for me. So. Okay, well, we'll let you go first here on this one, let you get your thoughts out. Uh, okay. We're in the top 20 now, so we got Devers and Vlad, Bryce Harper, American League Rookie of the Year, Winner Julio Rodriguez, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, Sandy Alcantara, Juan Soto, Trey Turner, and Freddie Freeman. Noah, you're on the clock. 
I don't know if it's just because I'm a big variety fan, but I I like him over Freddie Freeman. I I love Freddie Freeman, by the way, but I would just be personal bias over Freddie Freeman. Um, but everything else, I mean, pretty tight, pretty good, I guess. I think, I mean, probably what I'd say too. So, um, yeah, I think it's good. I think I just have Vladdy over Freddie Freeman for me. So. Aiden, I'm assuming you're dropping the two old men down on this list. I'm dropping them down, and I think Degrom and Burns are both better than Alcantara. Uh, I also think that. I mean, I don't know if this is a hot take or not. I think Riley's worse than Bregman at third. Like, I don't have Riley in my top five. Uh, Raphael, he's in a good spot, I guess. Uh, If I moved him at all, he'd probably be a little bit higher. It really hurts me seeing Juan Soto not in the top ten, because I think he is a top, like, he's got the potential to be a top ten player, but I really don't know if I could move anyone down from the top ten. I feel that. I mean, Soto, from an offensive standpoint, is probably one of the top eight bats in the league. And then it's just a matter of, okay, how much of a liability are you <laughs> willing to give up with him with the glove? Uh, hey, that's a, that's a gold glove finalist, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm well aware. Uh, and then finally, we get to our top ten, uh, really our top nine here. Uh, Jordan... Jose Ramirez, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, big extension Manny Machado, Gold Glove all arounder Mookie Betts, the greatest player of the generation in America, Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, home run king in the American League now, and the unicorn himself, Shohei Otani. Top nine. What's the thought? hot take to say that Machado is worse than Goldschmidt and Arenado. Uh, he may be better than Goldschmidt, but I think Arenado is better than Manny. I think Manny is so high on this list because they have some recency bias with him after coming off like a seven-war season on Fangraphs. Um, I think their projections might be a little too high because he just had his greatest offensive season of his career. Um more on that in the extended episode if you want to go check that out. And I I would agree that I, I do like Arnado and Goldschmidt more than I do Manny when it comes to maybe the, the all-around presence of it. Uh, Machado's going to give you gold glove level defense, but Arnado I think, was better. So... Uh, I don't disagree with that at all. What about the top three? Trout, Judge, Otani, Noah. What do you think about that? I mean, Trout's better than Aaron Judge, guys. Like, come on. I know he was hurt, but, like, I know this might be a prediction for this season, but if Trout stays healthy, he's obviously number two um, if we're not going off of last year. But I guess you got to give Aaron Judge that spot for what he did last year. But, yeah, I I have Mike Trout over Aaron Judge. so. So, uh... My my biggest thing with, like, injuries is, like, with DeGrom, you're guessing if it's going to be an injury and guessing what's going to happen to him. Trout, we know what's going to happen to him. He has a bad back. And, like, we know he's he's never going to play as many games as he can because of that back. And if Judge keeps it up, of course, he's not going to hit 60 home runs again. But he plays, he plays great defense in the outfield. He has a great bat. Uh... With Trout missing those games, I could definitely see Judge above Trout. Yeah, from a from a pers- 
from a prediction standpoint of the year, I I get why Judge is ahead of Trout, but I do think from an overall talent perspective, Trout is still talent, Trout is definitely better. still Trout's the better player, but Judge is going to have more production because of where he's at in his career versus Trout. Um, well, no, we're no grievance on number one, so. Yeah, and then Otani is Otani, and you know the value he brings as a pitcher and as a hitter. Obviously, he's going to get him to the number one on this list. Um, you know, to me, Otani's probably a, a top ten bat, and he's probably a a top ten pitcher. So, just from a value perspective alone, you're getting him at the number one spot. I don't think there's anyone that would disagree with that at this point in baseball. Um. So after seeing the MLB top 100, uh, you know we we've kind of gone through, and you know obviously you're you're taking Degrom and Burns and moving them up some. You're mentioning some of the guys that you would drop down, but overall, as far as this list goes, uh, do you think the MVP is in the top 10 of this list right now? NL no. NL no. Who do you have for NL? AL. I don't remember the name. Soto or Tatis. Actually, not no longer. Tatis is going to be out for a bit. I got Soto. So, no. No, what about you? Um. Yeah, I, I mean, Shohei is an MVP. Um, oh, I wait, said, I do know. Never mind. My bad. I uh, said I want, I, I predicted Vladdy to win it. The AL going a big hunch there and then obviously either Soto I think he's my front runner for the MVP I mean you have Goldschmidt there too so we'll see what happens with that I got you and you asked about you know the ranking of the first baseman earlier Uh, the way they have it is Paul Goldschmidt 1 Freddie 2 Vlad 3 Alonzo 4 Abreu 5 so I'm 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 better off with uh, seeing Pete being four than five. I don't really think he or four than three. My bad. I don't think he's top three first baseman. And then I thought this was kind of fun too. From a shortstop standpoint, they had Turner, Lindor, Correa, Bogarts, Seager. So that's your five at the shortstop spot. I think Seager will. I think Seager can put himself in the top three conversation after this year. Yeah, especially with the shift being going. to have another healthy season. Cool. Well, we're at about the uh, 45-minute-ish mark, um, so I think we're at a pretty good time to, to cut this thing off. Um, any any last words before we get this thing going? Uh, I'm good. No, anything to add? Um, I'm just reading here. Tom Brady's getting his own baseball card. That's cool. Maybe that's what we'll, uh, we'll we'll pass out baseball cards for the the best players of each week. We'll uh, we'll get a, a F SFC baseball card. Yeah, it says Tom Brady, who was drafted by the Montreal Expos in '95, will have a card in this year's Bowman Draft baseball product. And yes, there will be autographs. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, might have to go get a box of that and break <laughs> it on on camera. See what happens. Uh, all right. Well. That will conclude this. Uh, All of our links will be in the description below in the show notes. Our link tree has our new website. Go check that out. 
we have a new store with uh, some designs already in there featuring the, the main SFC logo, but some fun team-specific items coming in the future. Uh, we'll have some new stuff up before opening day. If you subscribe to the list on the website, you'll get a discount code for the store for your first purchase. I believe that's 20% off anything that you get. Uh, Aiden, you're a big fan of the hat. That's on its way to your house right now. And Noah, you've got some stickers heading your way. And uh, I've got a, yeah, I got a shirt and a hat coming my way. So we'll have some fun stuff rocking around uh, in the baseball atmosphere soon. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram. We'll be on Twitch coming soon with the new the show and out of the park so we'll get some baseball games going on that uh and man just uh subscribe to the channels and stay tuned for more